3: You are listening to the Dynasty Tradecast, brought to you by RotoQL. Welcome back, Dynasty Tradecast Nation. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm here with my good friend, Nathan Powell. This is not, as always, Eric Bertsloff. This is, as mostly, uh, the FF Salamander, Dan Sanio. Nathan, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm doing well. I didn't know we had a nation. Like I knew we had listeners. We have
4: a full um, nation. But- I didn't know 12 people con-
2: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from 4.99, logo styles from 16.99 and jeans from 19.99. Shop in store today at Gap Factory or at gapfactory.com.
3: Constitution Nation. Yep, now our, our uh, listener base is actually the same size as a small island uh, off of Hawaii. So, oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Well, welcome everybody. Uh, tonight we are going to be talking a whole mess of preseason items, things like the OBJ uh, extension, some injuries to folks like Alshon Jeffrey, Marquise Lee, and then we'll talk about some lesser interesting folks, maybe a little Alfred Morris action, Ryan Switzer, uh, and we'll also talk a little bit about Doug Baldwin. There's kind of some mixed reports going around there and Sony Michelle back at practice. So, We'll kind of cover all the bases, get some Dynasty value into you folks, and hopefully help you out uh, in the coming days or, you know, coming years. Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes sometimes it can help for the long haul. Uh, Nathan, are you ready for this?
4: Yes. Uh, this is the first ever tag team edition of the Nice Cast. Dan will be here the entire time. I will be here for the next 30 minutes exactly. And then Eric might show up in 30 minutes. He's like eating some like corn right now. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
3: He's gnawing on a cob currently. <laughs> Not even any corn on it.
4: There you go. So he should be here, you know, with priority straight.
3: All right, but before we get started, I just want to give you all a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show, answering all of your fantasy questions. Uh, patronships start at just $5 per month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts that includes us for just $5. Obviously we're still going to be, you know, listenable no matter what, but we're in there and you can help us out. Become a Rotoviz radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, as a loyal
4: podcast listener, you can get a 30% off Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. The season is almost here. Make sure you're ready. Gain limited access to all of our NFL content and tools so you get amazing value and support the podcast network. Once again, that's amazing. Uh, that once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. It's also amazing, but it's also that, that, amazing. It that, wasn't amazing. In the, that wasn't in the read, but you
3: know <laughs> <laughs> You weren't wrong. You were not wrong. All right. Let's dive into it. We're gonna start with the big news. The Odell Beckham Jr. or OBJ, if you call him ODB, I will disown you, I will shun you, I will do all of those things to you. Uh, the big extension, five years, ninety five million. Is that what I remember seeing? And something like sixty million guaranteed?
4: Yeah, it was somewhere. Yeah, yeah, around those those numbers, um, but you know, from a fantasy perspective, we don't really care about like obviously the the bigger it is, the the more likely that the team has a commitment to them and they're going to you know use them long term. But those really aren't really issues you worry about with the Odo Beckham Jr. type talents. Um, but what this does do is it makes me punch a wall because the Giants didn't draft uh, Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold um, because if they had drafted a quarterback instead of Saquon Barkley, then they'd be in a much better position to have the future of Odell Beckham Jr. in a safe position. Now I'm not saying Odell is going to go into a situation where Fitzgerald had like the Ryan Lindley's of the world, but there is, you know, the risk of Eli being really bad and that can certainly hurt uh, Odell's value. And then there really isn't a quarterback of the future there. There's Kyle Lalletta, there's Davis Webb, but I think that they still are an early quarterback investment away from having a clear future with Odell Beckham uh, in the offense.
3: Yeah, and Odell's one of those one of those very very few wide receivers that uh you know, it, no matter the quarterback, they're they're going to they're going to be elite, they're going to produce one on the field. Um so I mean he he's definitely QB proof. Obviously, we've seen him if anything make Eli Manning better. Uh his, there's been all sorts of stuff all over Twitter from uh the smart folks of Twitter talking about how many more fantasy points per, per game Eli scores, it's something like seven fantasy points, maybe eight fantasy points per game. Uh, Eli Manning being better with Odell in in there. So uh, we know that, that Odell is going to get his no matter what. Obviously, you'd like to see him tied to one of those younger guys for the foreseeable future. But again, with a, with a transcendent talent, it, it really, like you said, Nathan, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't change much of our dynasty perspective. Um, he's still a top one, two, three asset. It kind of depends on how you how you're feeling about everything. Um, but yeah, you just you can't you can't take him out of that out of that top tier for really any reason, even if Eli Manning is completely terrible.
4: Now we haven't we, haven't, we have think he had one suspension based off of an on the field incident with a fight, I believe. But there have been you know rumblings off the field, but nothing drug related has really come up officially. Do you, do we have any worries about Odo Beckham? becoming an off the field issue maybe a little bit more money maybe something like that or is that just overthinking it at the NICE game
3: i think it's overthinking I, I i think he's he's one that gets more frustrated by not winning whether it's not winning a route not not winning it you know the the catch I, I he he doesn't seem like he's i mean he kind of has that wide receiver like prima donna type of mentality um, but at the same time, he just—it looks like he gets frustrated when the team isn't doing well, and when ma- he maybe loses a battle with whether it's Josh Norman or another cornerback. Who I mean, he's pretty much torched everyone else except for Josh Norman. Um, and so I, I just—I don't really see any big glaring issues with Odell. Uh, for a little while, I know there was a lot of worry about the the soft tissue stuff, and and I, I just. You know, even if you're getting 13 or 14 games out of him, he's worth the pe- every penny because he's going to win you weeks, just like those other top assets are. Uh, you can build up around him as best you can, but knowing that he's your one true elite asset, it's going to help you week in and week out. So now I, I don't have any worries about uh, any suspensions or or you know, kind of just being a little bit of a head case. I I kind of like that. I, I think it makes him a little more competitive.
4: All right, let's wrap up the bj discussion with a little bit of giants talk i feel like one of the bigger talking points from the redraft industry lately has been the fact that evan ingram has a high adp odo beckham jr has a high adp and even sterling shepherd has an adp and you know the the high double digits even maybe sinking into the ninth round in some leagues. um does this mean we should be buying into eli manning or does this mean that the weapons are being a little bit
3: overpriced I think because of Eli's price, I mean, you kind of have to, right? He's he's this is probably the best, the best group of talent he's had ever. Uh, you know, you maybe think back to like the Plaxico Burris years when Plax was there, and maybe a couple of those other guys that helped out, and when uh, Tiki Barber. Is <laughs> that is that the last running back he had? Um, this this is a special group, and I don't think. Eli's even remotely decent as a football player. Um, Health is his biggest attribute. Uh, He is one of the, you know the NFL's iron men. So aside from that, he doesn't really have much to offer. And I think we've seen that. Yes. That team's bad and it's been bad, but a a good quarterback should be able to do something really, no matter what they're surrounded with. So I think if anything, Eli is the main benefactor here. Uh, I think, just about everyone except for Odell in that offense is overpriced because we know Odell's gonna get his. Uh, we can assume that Barkley's going to get his. I just the way the way he's being drafted, it's it's crazy to me. And we're not getting we're not getting the blurbs like we're getting with guys like Nick Chubb and Rashad Penny and whether it's negative or positive, we don't hear a word about Saquon Barkley. And maybe that's good, maybe that's bad, maybe it doesn't matter. Um I, I just this is this is, for me, uh fade most everybody. I think Sterling Shepard's still in a decent spot where you might be able to buy him um, for a little less than where his ADP's at. But pretty much everybody else, you have to pay top dollar to go get. And I mean, for what it's worth, they're all e- basically elite assets at their position. Evan Ingram's kind of right on the outside of that tier of being elite. But because of his age, uh, if you're in a tight end premium league, you pretty much have to pay elite prices to go get him.
4: Yeah, I think that Eli this year is one example in Dynasty Superflex of a quarterback that normally if a guy has a starting job in Superflex, they're going to have a pretty high value A guy that most most of the time you can't get him for less than a first-round rookie pick. But I think that in most scenarios, unless the guy with Eli Manning only has like two quarterbacks, I think he's a very viable player, a guy that you can get for like a late second or like an early third and a late third. He's a guy, yes, his range of outcomes are – you know, absolutely terrible, ruins the offense, and all those guys don't load up to their ADPs. Or he just uses his weapons correctly and he ends up out um, far surpassing that price. So I, I think that if you're, you know, dumpster diving at the quarterback position, particularly the old quarterback position, I think Eli is a good shot in the dark this year.
3: Yeah, I think I think you can basically chalk him up for for a QB two season, mid QB two like QB two season, uh, and his current price tag, you really can't beat that. So, um, okay, enough about the New York Giants. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're keeping it, keeping it in the NFC East, but moving to the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions, and the Alshon Jeffrey injury. Now uh, he's placed on the pub list. He'll obviously be coming back. We just don't really know when. We don't know what to expect. And there's still some some folks there that can make an impact. Obviously, you've got Zach Ertz, um, draft pick Dallas Goddard. Then you have Nelson Aguilar, Mike Wallace, that backfield, whether it's Corey Clement, Jay Ajayi, uh, even Darren Sproles, I think, is going to have some relevance this season. So, uh, Nathan, who do you think benefits the most from Alshon being out, if anyone? And do you think maybe Alshon is still kind of a buy at this point?
4: Well, I'll start off by saying Alshon injury victory lappers. There are a number of them on Twitter who basically, <laughs> basically, they, they say they don't, they didn't like Alshon, and so whenever he gets injured, you're like, oh, he got injured again. So I, I'm glad I didn't buy or I'm glad I sold. You guys are the worst. Like no, no one, no one cares about you selling a player or buying a player based off an injury. Yada yada yada. So, uh, but just the outlook of the Eagles' offense in the short term. I think that Nelson Aguilar has quietly been one of the better buys of the off season. I don't think he's a guy we've talked about a bunch here, but he broke out. He had a breakout season in 2017 and his price doesn't really reflect it. Yes. It's not as low as it was last year, but it doesn't reflect the price of a guy who had a 800, 900 yard season and like six to seven touchdowns. So and has one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. So There are a number of factors that make Nelson Aguilar an attractive buy. And the fact that he's the wide receiver one in that offense for at least the short term and possibly the long term if Alshon doesn't get healthy. So he's a guy that you could probably get for like a mid-first, late-first type, maybe even cheaper, maybe a couple early seconds. So I I think he's another player who you can acquire pretty easily if you just give the right assets.
3: Yeah, I I think that's fair. I think my main worry uh, is that Peterson goes to a two tight end look I think they I think they went out and and drafted Dallas Goddard because they believe that he is um one of the better tight end talents coming into the league and I think I I think they can do a lot with him Uh, I think if you split him with Ertz and you get a speed guy like like Wallace on the outside that kind of takes away a lot of Nelson Aguilar's work he worked primarily as a slot receiver Um, most all of his production came from that spot I think he only had something like 60 yards and no touchdowns, or anything like that from the non-slot position. So um, I think they like working him from there, whether they split Goddard out or keep him in line, whether they split Ertz out and keep him in line. I think I think both of those guys are capable of doing both of those things. So as much as I want to say that a few games of Aguilar having the wide receiver one targets, I don't think it's going to be much more than eight, maybe 10 in those games, again, you're talking about an elite defense that's probably not going to have to be passing a ton, especially early on. Uh, if this was like a later in the season thing, when they're kind of forced to, to win games, if they're behind or whatever it happens to be, uh, and they need to throw the ball, I think at that point it would mean a little bit more for Aguilar. But right now, uh, to kind of get, their, get that engine going a little bit, I think they'll lean on those tight ends and maybe lean on the running game a little bit um, and kind of let Wentz get... No pun intended. Get his legs back underneath him, uh, assuming he's good to go right away, and I think he will be. I don't think there's any issues there. Um, so I mean, I still think Aguilar's probably slightly underpriced, but at the same time, having two two good tight ends in there kind of kind of scares me away, uh, just because that's a lot of underneath work that that he maybe not necessarily isn't going to get because now you get two big bodies in there. Plus, once Alshon's back to go up. Uh, especially in red zone and, and all of that. So I, I don't know. I I, I want to say that Aguilar is a good buy just because Jeffrey's out, but at the same time, it, it just kind of doesn't feel like a clean, a clean win.
4: Yeah, and if you can't stomach the Aguilar price, the price of Mike Wallace is, is much more palatable, where he's basically free. I mean, I... I, I'd assume when it comes to roster cutdown time, he's going to be the, the 23rd, 24th guy on your roster. And if someone's desperate to make a cut, you can say, hey, I'll give you a third for Wallace. And that's going to get it done most of the time. So I, I think that uh, we, we, obviously we say this all the time with guys like Mike Wallace, Sean Jackson. Well, in a best ball, he's a great option. Yeah, it, It's true. Like Wallace is going to be productive, obviously, more so with, with Alshon out. But when he gets back, I think guys you still see Wallace get a few games of like four catches for 80 yards and a touchdown type game. So. I think that this is going to be a solid season for Wallace. And, you know, he's in a better offense than he was last year in Baltimore.
3: I think I think he's going to be even slightly more relevant than just best ball relevancy. I think you're going to get six, maybe eight games of usable uh, output, especially considering how much better Carson Wentz got from year one to year two down the field passing. We saw him work so well with Alshon, and Alshon's primarily targeted, you know, 14, 15, 16 yards down the field. Uh, sometimes further than that. And, and you know, that's that's where Wallace excels. So you get that deep ball going. Um, Wallace on the outside mixed with all of those underneath and slot options. That's, that's kind of a, a scary offense. And then obviously once they get Alshon back, now you kind of you, you have a top-end defense and you have an offense that looks to be scary. I think the only thing they're lacking is a real running game. Um, but I think with their the four-headed backfield that they're going to go into the season with, maybe three-headed, Uh, I think they'll figure it out. I think they'll be mildly productive, nothing crazy, nothing really worth having. Uh, I think what you want is to have a piece of this passing offense, whether it's starting with Wentz, uh, even though his price is pretty high, uh, or sliding down into the Mike Wallace territory. So, um, Nathan, anything more on the Philadelphia Eagles?
4: Well, the only real thing would be uh, the the take I saw a lot on Twitter was that this was going to give Goddard all the red zone targets, all the red zone touchdowns, things like that. And while I invested a decent amount of Goddard in that like 301 to 303 range of rookie drafts, if I can sell, like, if I can do like Goddard in a third or Goddard in two thirds for a first next year, I'm doing that every day and twice on Sunday. I, I just don't think that just one injury, one like short term injury is going to vault him into, you know, a starting role in the offense. I do think he still has a bit of a waiting game behind Ertz. Yes, Ertz has injuries as well. But at the same time, it's still like, a guy who is a second round NFL draft pick tight end. Like, for a guy to me, like, to me to really fall in love with a tight end, he's got to go in the first and not be Hayden Hurst.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's bad. And, and I honestly, I think the same, uh, you know, the, that same uh, line can be used for Nelson Aguilar. If somebody's coming out willing to pay, you know, a little bit higher prices for him, I, I think you make that move as well. I think if you can get yourself into an actual wide receiver, too. Um, which I've started to see a little bit. I, I've gotten some DMs. I've seen a few dynasty trades pass through the timeline uh, where Aguilar is being moved around for guys like Marvin Jones, which that to me seems like an easy upgrade. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Um, so I think I think if you can get out of maybe those lesser options at an inflated price, I think that makes a ton of sense. So let's move on to our Jacksonville Jag yours now I, I always struggle with this thankfully though we do have someone here that can correct on is it is it jaguars is it j ja- you know ladies and gentlemen mr eric Bertsoff
1: oh yes it's jaguars um all right everybody and welcome <laughs> back to the dynasty trade cast as
3: always i'm oh wait not the intro okay no, we, i had a joke no, we're way past that we're just ah, we're, working, ah. we're working on jaguars hi everybody i'm back he made it, folks. He was gnawing on corn, and and he's made. He's here. He's God, here. Wait, gnawing on what? Am I a raccoon? What was, was I doing? Just, you'll figure it out during editing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right, uh, Eric. So we've covered uh, Odell Beckham. We've covered Alshon and the Eagles. Now we are moving into Jacksonville with Marquise Lee on IR. So the now we have to day turn. day for, for Nathan. Like, saddest day for Nathan saddest of days. Now we have to turn our heads to uh, Don't Moncrief. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, DJ Chark. <laughs> <laughs> Dee Westbrook. Keelan Cole. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins. Maybe even a little Niles Paul action happening. Who knows? Leonard Fournette. TJ Yeldon. Corey Grant. How about... Are you naming thing? all the Jaguars? Like,
4: Yeah. <laughs> I am because now they're Daniel all... And Ramsay, Yannick Ngakwe. Ethan.
3: <laughs> Please, they're all slightly more relevant now that their number one receiver is out. Eric, since you just have to be dying to give a take, what are we doing in Jacksonville? And who steps up now that Marquise Lee is deceased for 2018?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it just opens... I I think you had Lee, Westbrook, and Cole pretty much on the same tier there. And removing one of those pieces kind of unclouds that mystery in my eyes. And I think it's now Westbrook and Cole more... Uh, more obviously this particular season. Um, again, your don't Moncrief is, is probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard. I'm, so
3: he's got don't right in his name. How it's is this not it. obvious to
1: people? Yeah, it's one apostrophe away again, same <laughs> draft value, like two years ago as T Y Hilton. I just want to point that out. You people are insane. So ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, so for me, it does. I think Westbrook and Cole are the pieces to own in the immediate future. Um, and then Chark is somebody that interests me in the long term. He's flashed a bit, looks good on special teams, whatever um, hasn't looked good in spots. Um, he's another guy that just has those measurables that are so exciting. So he's a guy that could break out and like break the top off the offense um, that we might see happen. But those are the three players that interest me again, Moncrief, not, not really that interesting. And I don't know. I don't know if Lee is going to, come back i forget what his contract is with the ja- the jaguars but uh yeah, but he he yeah. this year so That's yeah. all right well then he'll be back
4: <laughs> yes uh i yes i may be pouring one out for all my Marquise lee shares but you know what i have more than more than marquis lee shares is dj chart shares i have them in, like every single league.
1: whoa you're burying the lead here yeah i thought you hated shark
4: no, why would i hate a player that was drafted in the second round in the NFL draft Okay, just make sure. Second
3: round, going like third round in rookie drafts, which got yes. a little bit, a little bit crazy. Point. I even got a couple of shares,
1: guys. Guys, I was barking up this tree during rookie. <laughs> no, right, all right. Go you ahead. Worked. I'm just you actually worked. hashtag mad online right now.
3: Go ahead. I think I think you were
4: P, pre P draft. I think it was pre draft when you were talking about that, and I, I didn't care about him until
3: he got drafted in the second round of the draft. So was <laughs> that the guy that you said was AJ Green? Light? No, no that was no, no, James, James Washington. Washington. Okay, just making sure.
1: Just wait till he wait till he's elite elite talent in the league. Come back All and right, talk Nathan. to me. Takes.
4: All right, takes. Uh, I think that Keelan Cole ends up winning this offense in targets. We talked about that was likely going to be Lee a few months ago. So I think that Cole leads the team in targets. I think that Shark leads the team in yards per target and I think Westbrook and Moncrief battle for the the red zone targets and I'm kind of inclined to say your 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 boy don't might lead the team in red zone touchdowns but I could be wrong
3: you'd have to be able to catch them first which I mean he's he's
1: great at at stat lines of 12 two for 12 and two TDs he's terrific at those stat lines
3: well as the great Rich Rebar once said he's a glorified tight end and they already have a good tight end in uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins. And I think he is going to be the main benefactor here because they have one of the worst, if not the worst, quarterback in the NFL uh, who can hardly hit the broadside of a barn. So hyperbolic. Austin Safarian Jenkins is about the size of a barn. So I think Blake, Blake, <laughs> Blake Bortles might be able to actually hit him. Um, <laughs> we're not going to see that that garbage time offense like we saw in the past. That's not this this Jacksonville team anymore. That's That's an elite defense. Uh, they might have some of those crazy high-scoring games like we randomly saw in the playoffs against Pittsburgh, but I don't think that's the norm. I think that's an absolute outlier. As far as the wide receivers go, uh, I want it to be D.D. Westbrook and whomever else. Uh, however, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I do like D.D., a you know, former Boletnikov winner, and, and then obviously a, a high-end talent, but um, I think Keelan Cole, I think he I think he impressed them last year. And I, I really think that they're gonna turn back to him. I think he makes a lot of sense there. I like Nathan's take with DJ Chark having having a pretty high uh yards per target number, whether that's relevant or not. Uh, I think he's gonna be a big splash play guy and and like you said, Eric, take the top off the defense, whether it's consistent or not. Uh, I think that's his role for It'll sure just be really
1: tough to start him week to week, like yeah, he's gonna no, be one of those guys that's like in best ball all day, but it's gonna be real tough until he gets something until he gets something going or at least like a rapport build that like, yeah, you'll feel comfortable with him,
3: right, just just like how we talk about like we just talked about Mike Wallace, like how we always talked about Deshaun jackson. i think I think d j chart can be one of those kind of guys, uh, and I think the rest of everyone is just kind of gonna be hit and miss, It's. I think it's going to be kind of a gross, sloppy situation. I think a, uh, ASJ might be the only constant. I think Leonard Fournette is going to be the constant. Uh, I think they're going to lean on him heavily. As they've said They said last year, they're saying this year, running is going to be their game, and then they're going to beat everyone on defense. So, uh, Aside from that, I, I don't know that I'm really buying anyone. If I can still get an ASJ for a decent price, maybe, but he seems so inflated right now that I don't well, know I-
1: that I can. You might still be able to sneak one by for Westbrook or Cole right now. Um, I mean, the person owning them probably feels slightly better, but I I don't think their value is overly inflated. Real quick, maybe let's just run through valuations, and let's answer the question. I guess Nathan, with Marquise Lee injured for the year, now's the time when his value plummets. Is this the time to go buy Lee? Um, And then at the same time, what are your valuations for Chark right now, for Westbrook and for Cole if you're trying to buy?
4: Okay, trying to buy uh, Moncrief uh, third, Chark, I, I'd, I'd pay you know mid second, uh, Westbrook, I'd pay a third, Cole, I'd pay a late second.
3: I think that seems pretty much right on par. Honestly, yeah. that, that all makes sense to me, and I, I think I think I'd probably throw Marquise Lee right into the mix of all of that. I don't know that his price was crazy high to begin with. Everyone just kind of seemed meh on him. It, it, so I, I think if you are going to go buy him, I think he returns as their top option uh i mean again we he just signed that extension he, so he's going he's going to be there uh whether they reinvest at the position or not um what, I think what, it's is, a good what do you
1: think rate. you can get for him like a
3: four like you think you could pay like a fourth right now to a I think you could throw a third at someone that's just like get him off my team uh, i don't know yeah. i mean obviously you have ir spots to use in this whatever so people are probably gonna just be like oh, i'm gonna stash him for now but i mean throw throw a package of picks like nathan likes to do at someone for an ir player and a lot of times they take it or throw somebody in that might have mediocre production um with a limited profile and I don't know. Do what you can do. Okay, cool. Yeah. Go ahead, Nathan.
1: No, go, go ahead. Are you just go to the read. Yeah, yeah. Of course I'll go to the read, Nathan. Um and I'll tell you guys about our sponsor now for two weeks, and that's RotoQL. Um uh, if you want an unfair advantage to dominate your fantasy football league, Nathan, and I know You do. Well, then you need to look no further and download the SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends, that's us, and your rivals, that's us, this year. Uh, (laughs) SquadQL recommends the best starting lineups for each week based on your starters, bench, players, free agent pool. You may ask us, how does SquadQL actually work? The app connects you directly to the Yahoo, ESPN, and CBS leagues, pulling your actual roster and your league scoring system. SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations. Plus, the app gives you player rankings each week. It's all based on your individual league setting. Uh, and and I don't think they have Debbie, Nathan, so I'm sorry to hear that. SquadQL truly is your go-to app. For fantasy football this season, head to squadql.com and download squadql. Your all-in-one fantasy football manager squadql is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy lineup optimizer trusted by over 100,000 DFS players. You can also download RotoQL for free for at both Apple and Android, wherever apps are found.
3: I think the internet is where they're actually found, believe it or not. Th- thank you, Grant. <laughs> all right let's move into the back half of our players here uh we've got um well nathan since you might have to leave us here shortly what do you want to talk about
4: well let's just get the Sony michelle takes out here before i peace out uh so Sony michelle back at practice on monday of this week And this was kind of a situation where people were hesitant to draft him in in redraft leagues this past weekend and the last couple of weekends because he hasn't really been practicing lately. And, of course, the, oh, Bill Belichick, well, can be flaky with running backs sort of thing. Yep. But as I am draft capital till the day I die, I I do think that Michelle does have, like, one of the wider range of outcomes of running backs this season. I think that, yes, he could end up in the doghouse for being injured or, you know, just not getting the carries that, you know, a first-round pick normally would. Or he end up, ends up being the RB1 and Rexburg head ends up being uh, rather irrelevant. So, I mean, I would be buying if anyone is selling for like a late first right now, which maybe some people are that – I mean, not even a late, uh, late first equivalent value because most people are gonna, aren't going to just, you know, move back a year with the pick. But um, that's kind of the time type of investment I'd want to make with Michelle. Uh, you know, just one of those – when it comes to preseason injuries, rookies are some of the best to buy because, like, you kind of panic, like, oh, what's the coaching staff going to think? You know, injuries, yada, yada, yada. So I, I do think Michelle is a good buy right now.
1: Yeah, he and I'll just specify he hasn't yet been given the all clear kind of build to build on what Nathan's building or saying here. Like he's still not cleared to play, but um, but he is back in practice, which is promising. Um, one thing I will say is I own a lot of Michelle's. Holy crap, Nathan is dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, own, I own a lot of Michelle. Um, that's because he was kind of, I, I took him as my 102 anytime I had the opportunity. And many times I didn't have to. I ended up taking him at the 111 in one league. Granted, it was a super flex league. Uh, ended up taking him at the 105 in several leagues that people weren't just buying him. So I own him in a lot of places. I'm not going to be selling him. And I did just get a trade offer in a league, Dan, for his, or I'm sorry, for my Sony Michelle, for his, and wait for it. Larry Fitzgerald. So it's a hard pass for me. Um, And just to give you the idea of kind of what's going on, I think the word is out on going out and buying Michelle, but it's certainly worth a try. Um, And if you're a Michelle owner and you're panicking because your player might miss three weeks of the first year of, of his, of his career, like OBJ dude, OBJ, it'll be fine. If you believed in the talent prior, it'll be fine. It'll be fine.
3: That's amazing. Someone offered you Larry Fitzgerald. I literally declined it during the show. And I've only been on the show for like 10 minutes. So That's that's perfect, honestly. Um so th- when we get to when we get to this New England garbage, I I'm always very very fearful uh whether there's draft capital or not, transcendent talent or not. Anytime New England drafts a running back or a wide receiver, I'm mostly out of the picture. I, yeah. I, I am pretty much a hard avoid. Um, and I do like Sonny Michelle. I, I loved him at Georgia and I think I think he is a very, very good running back. I just don't trust New England. And I think honestly and and I didn't want to say this because I have hated Rex Burkhead forever, but I think Rex Burkhead has a sort of Deion Lewis resurgence year. Uh, and then maybe they move on from him um after that and then give sony the the reins uh, i think that I that's just, so crazy you're i mean again i understand the narrative
1: yeah, i understand the narrative but he is a first round draft pick running back that bill belichick selected he, he's not selected. bill belichick's not just selecting players for fun he's like going to run him into the ground and I think this is where the, <laughs> this is where the pitfalls exist for, for Dynasty is like this narrative has been built up for, and it's almost the same narrative as like the Cleveland Browns are super bad. They're not going to be that good. There's not going to be points there. And all we talk about every week on this show is the freaking Cleveland Browns. Uh, but this is the exact same thing where it's like running backs are so frustrating. Wide receivers are so frustrating that I, I, I'm not so convinced that this is that case. Um, and maybe I'll eat my words, but I, I unless he starts fumbling, I think that's the only way Michelle finds his way off the field.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going to like full on bench him. I just don't think it's going to be consistent usage leading to, you know, the touches. I, I just, I find it hard to believe, even though he is a first-round pick. And obviously, yes, Bill Belichick did draft him. I, It's the New England way, man. They, they just, they don't do it. They put him in the mix and they go with whatever they feel like. They don't even go hot hand. If someone, because they could be playing miserably and you're still going to be out there as long as you don't put the football on the turf. So, I'm I'm still I'm I'm backed away from the situation. Uh, if I'm offered a good price, like a late first, which again, like we talked about before, Nathan died. Um, I just I don't see it happening in any real leagues. Maybe offering production for uh, again offering production for an injured player is kind of the way to go if you don't need said player. If you're rebuilding, now's the time to go buy any of these guys that have hit the IR. Whether it's Sony Michelle, whether it's Marquise Lee, whether it's Hunter Henry any of those guys even if you don't like them their value is lower right now yep. um again Sonny michels not on the ir but he's well oh, but i mean that's there but there's like fear i mean it is
1: i, I, I do equate it and i i i said it kind of jokingly earlier but this is the obj effect where yep. everybody believed in the dude when they drafted him and then he sat out the first what seven week, eight weeks of the Just preseason failed. six weeks whatever Just it failed. was sat out that short period of time and then exploded and all these people had already dumped him it, it was it was one of the more unbelievable things to see. Like and again, I, I always say it like people in Dynasty have an amazingly short memories and, and, and an amazingly low amount of patience for a game that's played for for frickin ever. It never ends. Uh, we're going to be playing this game. When we're 80, Dan. Maybe <laughs> I won't be alive that long. <laughs> All right. I, well, that's I sad. Mean, well, you know. 80th reunion of, uh, of the trade cast? I look forward to it. I look forward to it. Okay. Well, well let's let's just real quick talk about valuation of Michelle. I'll just start and say I still think Michelle is – I mean, if you give me a middle-of-the-road first next year, even like a ran, any random first, I would do all freaking day. And a, ran, a random first and a random second I would do. Um, if the player looks like he's going to have a – medium it i mean basically if i'm able to get any right now i still think his valuations like the 102 in leagues of, of from last year's valuation so if i'm able to beat that right now i'm all over buying michelle
3: and okay, you are well, nobody's doing that right no no one's doing that um well let's let's go down a different path and let's talk maybe some players um who would you prefer here so we'll we'll always have michelle be the constant yes. uh jarvis landry
1: i would prefer landry adam thielen push golden Tate. i would prefer michelle
3: rashad penny
1: i would prefer michelle as i just mentioned earlier brandon cooks oh man i i'm starting to really <laughs> like cooks um that's also that's, that's, that's probably the
3: break even for me yeah, I, I don't think i probably push a, for me. Um,
1: so you, you like penny more than him then
3: no i'm just going i'm just looking at adp and looking at guys that are kind of uh around him uh I, I don't i see i still have all of those guys in that same bubble right after saquon i think i think even ronald jones is in that mix as much as no, it seems not. like he's Dirk not hates him because Dirk is the worst coach left in the nfl right next to Adam <laughs> Kate. Uh, marvin lewis hugh jackson all those guys are gonna be fired here soon so i i just i have a really tough time with that grouping i, I still think uh i think maybe we passed over nick chubb too quickly i think yes. i think he's i think he's got a clean path to bell cow touches uh even yes. with Duke johnson there
1: i mean I, I completely agree on on chubb who's another player that i tend to have on all my teams at this point so michelle and chubb were the two players at the at the front end of this draft that i somehow managed to end up with all of uh,
5: yeah. that's
1: just because I, I think i've them higher than everybody else um, okay let's go ahead and pivot unless you had anything else there pivot, that um, okay, so we have uh, Alfred Morris getting signed by his boy in San Francisco, uh, the only productive years that he ever had under Mr. Shanahan himself. Uh, wait, I have that right? Yes, yes. No, Gruden, Gruden. No, Shanahan, I am right. No, no. <laughs> Shanahan. <laughs> yeah, why am I conf- why I'm mixing up my coaches here? Uh, but, yeah, the only time he was ever productive with the Skins uh, that one year. And I believe, and Three Nathan would probably correct, if I'm wrong that Alfred Morris was like creeping into the second round of startups at a certain point because he was young, talented, and uh, and and looked like a bell cow. Um, womp womp for those picks. Uh, they can go right with the Trent The only
3: womp womp there was was all my womp womps for Roy Halew. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I I always started at Roy Halew in uh, in
1: uh, <laughs> In a daily fantasy lineup, that that game he scored three TDs, and I literally got trash talked by a guy for beating him heads up and starting Roy <laughs> Lou. It was like the greatest moment of my entire life. Me and my buddy both did it, and we're high fiving each other at the bar. Uh, okay, does this move the needle? I'll just cut to the point here. Does that does that move the needle? Does the Morris signing move the needle at all for McKinnon for you? I mean, the McKinnon injury concern is a little concerning. I guess I guess give me the read of the room again. Remember, we're playing Dynasty, Dan.
3: No needles have been moved in the making of this show. Um I, I don't see him affecting uh I don't see him affecting McKinnon in any way. Uh I do, however, see him affecting whatever Matt Breda, Joe Williams, R I P the Michael, Values, whatever his name is. Um I think I think we see Alfred get those change of pace touches. Honestly, I I think I think Shanahan trusts him. And I think he's still good enough football player he's not explosive he's not going to beat you he's not going to beat you to the edge ever he's not going to catch any passes over your head but he's a solid or football player um, right or at all you know he does have those hands um, to stone. i mean i'm not quite as convinced
1: that it has that story to tell i mean it definitely doesn't move the needle for me but i'm not even sure it's an indictment on brita who's also injured i think that this is a pure insurance policy uh by the niners
3: a little I, insurance I, policy for Kyle Shanahan to get literally his boy? No, I,
1: I understand that Shanahan loves his boy. I'm just saying that that and, and maybe he makes the roster because of that. But I do not think that they like. And maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe it's an indictment on Joe Williams. Who knows? I mean, that guy's probably already you know indicted I'm and again. taken away. I'm yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, it's 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 a player like it's a player that doesn't move the needle for me. And and again, if you have Brita, I'm not super concerned about it. Um, or any of those running backs underneath. Again, I wouldn't really advise that. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure that Morris has value in redraft, let alone in dynasty.
3: Yeah, no, it's it's a stretch for sure to to find any path to to meaningful touches. But uh, I think I think unless unless everyone comes back week one fully healthy, ready to go, um, Alfred's just kind of there. And again, like yes. you said, in insurance policy, I, I don't think we see a ton, but there's potential, but that's, that's not really a great thing to work on. Yeah, Stashing, I mean, running but Jimmy you so can't opposition. dump off to him.
1: He can't, like, it's not yeah. going to happen. Right. So he's, he's, he's a, he's a, what is a first and second down back worst, like best case scenario if he finds the field, which he's not going to do. Anyways, let's move on to somebody else who's probably not going to see the field. And Ryan Switzer was traded to the Steelers uh, to be, what, their 11th wide receiver on this team? Is that what I'm looking at?
3: I think this is more of a, we need to not let Antonio Brown receive punts or kicks anymore. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's probably exactly what it is. (laughs) Because, I mean, Ryan Switzer is an explosive special teams guy. He's a really good slot wide receiver. Uh, I think this is a smart move. I think they got him for very cheap. I think he's an actual good football player. So yes, uh, if you have any uh, kick return punt return leagues, sneaky by he's going to get, he's going to be on the field. He's going to have those yards. He's not going to get any actual offensive yards, but he'll be out there for special teams.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is just, I mean, yeah, you're, you're, I think your read there is exactly right. He's an explosive special teams player. And I mean, I just don't know that there's more to say about it than that. I just see it. literally no scenario where he has a significant amount of touches is a long-term dynasty player. And he's a guy that on the Cowboys, I really thought was a sneaky play to like take over Cole Beasley's spot. And man, did that fall flat on his face? That was a bad idea by me. But uh, uh, the fact that he's been traded three teams um, in the last year probably has the writing on the wall for his dynasty value. So if you're able to get anything for him, Godspeed. May you go get anything at all. If somebody reads the blurbs every day and is like, "Ooh, traded the Steelers," maybe um, by all means get a fourth round pick for them. That's amazing. Um, Very amazing. Yeah, that would be great. Like, tweet at us if you got a fourth round pick for your Switzer. Uh, that would be. We'll we'll send you a digital high five for sure. We'll mention you on next week's show if you did it and you can prove it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a goat trade right there. That's not a trash we're, can of we're, gonna, trade. we're gonna get like thirty ads here this week about people trading for Ryan Switzer with like ninth round. Like. No, I said fourth. <laughs> I said fourth. If you come at me with a ninth round, you will not make the show, listeners. You will not.
1: Nah. Uh, okay, this is a, this is way too much. Time. This actually be, might be the most time any podcast ever has spent on Ryan Switzer. So let's That's go true. ahead and pivot on to the Very next. That God, <laughs> if you don't get the friends reference, I'm sorry ahead of time. We are. If you get it, you're probably laughing every time, but if not, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and
3: I apologize. It, it's just kind of become my shtick. Every time Eric says it, I have no. to follow up with it. I just, I love it. I, just, I love it. it I do not easy. do not
1: apologize. We are not apologizing for this. No, Go right. watch Friends. Not. It's terrific. It's literally on at all hours of the day. You can find it on any television channel.
3: Just watch it for Jennifer Aniston.
1: Um, not bad. Courtney Cox also not bad. Okay, let's get <laughs> off of women and move on to... <gasps> wow, Aggressive. Doug Baldwin um, and that is uh, he is uh, close to returning for the Seahawks and what our expectation is for the Seahawks passing game I'll just start this by saying it's doo-doo go ahead Dan
3: <laughs> um, yeah it, not having Doug Baldwin could potentially hurt Russell Wilson's uh, fantasy upside and I have him basically t1 with Aaron Rodgers for this year so uh it's a little bit concerning really um, you have I, him, you have him, you have him as the first you have him as the overall
1: number one quarterback this year tied with Aaron Rodgers yeah Dude, I, I yeah I, I like I like the leg I like the leg uh like his legs creating a floor form as much as the next guy but I do not see that that's like having Dak Prescott as the number one overall
3: hey you calm it, down
1: a slightly more talented Dak Prescott that is
3: So the issue for me here is I already didn't like Doug Baldwin. Uh, He's way too hit and miss. He's he scores the majority of his points in like a third of the games he plays during the season. And it's a consistent it's a consistent output going all the way back to 2016. um, I've got a whole string of tweets about it. If you want to go find that's that's at FF Dynasty Dan. You can just search Doug Baldwin. It'll be there, I promise. You can also Um, search
1: on the internet. That's FF Salamander. It'll just go ahead and pop right up for you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's he's very inconsistent. And now having to deal with an injury, I think that'll only hurt the situation. So moving beyond Doug Baldwin, you have a whole lot of either no names or doo-doo. Uh, Amara Darbo is someone that I've been really high on uh, throughout the process for however many years he's been in the league now. It's been like nine, it seems like. I think it's really only like three, maybe two. Um, but he's got really big red zone um, potential, honestly. I, I think I think we see him get some work, whether Baldwin's there or not. I think we see Tyler Lockett potentially have a mini breakout, not t- necessarily a full-on breakout, because I think we do all expect Doug Baldwin to be out there in some capacity. Yes, um, and we still—I don't know that we really know if Tyler Lockett's any good. He's either been hurt or been special teams or just been kind of out there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do with that. And beyond that, I mean, there's just nothing. Nothing. I mean, yeah,
1: it's Tyler Lockett is a guy that is like, I'm mildly interested in, in that passing game, but it's, it's going to be a brutal year. I have a feeling, but maybe I'm wrong. I mean, like I said, if you own Russell Wilson earlier, that there's, there's really, he's not going to have a bad season just because he creates so much by, by on his legs. Even Cam Newton is, it's an excellent example of that. It's like, He's always going to be providing you production. Even if he has a bad football year, he's going to give you a good fantasy year. And that's kind of what I expect from Wilson this year. I do not have him as my number one this year, Dan. That is a, that is hot take city.
3: I had him no longer. Oh okay. he's up there. He's up there. He's still top three to five. Um but I, I thought I honestly thought that Seattle would make an attempt at improving their offense. They they didn't.
1: No, they really they really didn't. I mean, there's, it is. It's just devoid of pass catchers. Devoid uh, of pass catchers. Is Nick Vanette the answer? We talked about it a couple of weeks ago.
3: Probably Ooh, not. Central. Maybe a little CJ Sites action. Let's go. I mean, again,
1: that would make you guys very, very happy on CJ because you've been tr- trying to make fetch happen here for two years now, and it has not yet. Uh, that is a Mean Girls reference, by the way, for everybody. Got that one. Playing. Got one. Uh, yeah, what, what, what about Brandon Marshall? as no, a player this here for a contending team. Nothing? You think he's deceased? No.
3: Mm-hmm. Full on. Down. I
1: actually see a world where he has value this year. Um, but maybe for like three games before he gets hurt. Maybe. You um know. But yeah, I mean, and you can get that guy for free. And that's, I don't know. If you have Brandon Marshall, go trade him because uh, he's still got name value and you can probably, <laughs> probably get a fourth for him. Um Yeah, I'm not sure there's that much more to say about this. There's just... There's just nothing here. Um, it's unfortunate. But this is a Mike Davis free zone now that Nathan's gone. Dan, do we want to just talk up Mike Davis as a potential pass-catching <laughs> option? And really, No,
3: I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the dynasty trade cast turns into the Mike Davis show
1: <laughs> the second Nathan leaves. Uh, I'll make the picture of this episode, of Mike Davis. That should put him on tilt. That'll be Well, when,
3: I mean, when Nathan's here, all we talk about is the Cleveland Browns. So it's I'm with you.
1: He makes he makes all the agendas that that only feature the Cleveland Browns. What I will say is, we did not talk about the Cleveland Browns today, other than me bringing up the Cleveland Browns in the second half of this show.
3: I kind of brought up Nick Chubb for a second, and I That's kind of true. felt bad about it. I, I we shouldn't have gone there, and we did, yeah. and now we're just rambling.
1: Yeah, let's go ahead and give our takes on Josh Gordon. Do, no, I'm just kidding. We're not doing <laughs> that. We're not going to do it this episode. <laughs> um, all right. Well, since
3: I missed the beginning of the show, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking that I don't know how it went. Um, but I'm It went asleep. very well. I did the ad read very professionally. Nathan didn't talk very much, and it all sounded great.
1: That's... All right. I'm going to go back and listen to it and be, it's just going to be like hissing owls at each other. And i be like, this is awful. <laughs> okay. Well, if you love hissing owls and the dynasty trade Cast, make sure you rate and review the show. Uh, five-star reading and reviews are always appreciated. It helps other listeners find us. I know this is the time of year that you don't want anybody to find us, but please, it helps us. Uh, it helps support us for what we do. Make sure you go check out the V's Patreon; that that helps us as well. Um, and I think that's all we've got for the show. Do you have anything else for us here, Dan?
3: I think I have to throw in a cadouche just oh. because. Ugh. Oh, oh I gotta weird. take a shower now. Oh, all man. right,
1: we're out of here. We are just rambling at this point. Also, <laughs> check out our sponsor, RotoQL and uh, SquadQL. Uh, awesome services that should help you this season uh for nathan dan and myself we are out of here
2: The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season, 40 to 75% off everything, plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from 4 dollars logo styles from $16.99, and jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com.
5: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history